a war over this service this morning. I had a war over just trying to pick out four songs this morning, last night, yesterday. Even in the night, it was like I was having a prayer with the Lord, and I said, I laid these songs before you, Lord. So, Lord, thank you, God, that we had the victory and that you are pushing back the darkness. Lord, we war for this service. This is your service. The saints of God, join me as we war for this service. We say this is yours. Lives will be changed today. There will be new mindsets. People will be awakened to what you are saying, Lord. Thank you, God. Hello? Are y'all praying? Let's pray. I'm telling you, we need to pray just a few minutes here. We may pray the whole service. Lord, we come to you this morning in Jesus' name. We are united, and we are warring over this service. We, Our praises have went up. Judah has went first. Our praises are pushing back the darkness. Lord, you come and invade us. We are not going to settle for another service of just in and out. Lord, we need to hear your voice. We need to feel you. We want to touch you. We want you to move in a mighty way. Come, Jesus. We release your giftings and your callings. The manifestations of your Holy Spirit move in this place. Release, release in Jesus' name. If you've been battling the one next to you, make it right. Let's press through in Jesus' name. We're pressing through in Jesus' name. We are going to press through in Jesus' name. This isn't just for me. Some of y'all need to press through. Come on now. You come in here with something hanging on you. Tell it to go in Jesus' name. Get out of here in Jesus' name. You ugly, hopeless spirit, shame, go in Jesus' name. If you've had an argument, make it right. Lord, we want your peace, your righteousness, your joy, your kingdom is released in this place here this morning. Hallelujah to your name. This is a house of prayer. Don't be uncomfortable. Pray. Lord, we're here to praise your name. We're here to magnify you. We're here to lift up the name of Jesus. Isn't it funny how you pray two lines and you're like, "Mm, amen. Lord, we press into you. We're not giving up. Lord, I don't care if it's uncomfortable. We need to be uncomfortable. We've done it the same way over and over. Lord, we want different. We want you. You're ever moving. Lord, we want to move with you. We don't want to be. You're not the same. You're always the same, but yet you're always moving. You're always speaking. Lord, we want to hear what that sounds like today. Fear him who has the power to send you to hell. Fear God. That's right. You're the fear of God. We have lost that. That's what going back to the start. Remember that? Lord, we were so grateful that you saved us from a hell. Lord, we're grateful today that you saved us. Hallelujah to your name, King Jesus. 
We exalt you. You are above. There is no king but Jesus. The blood of Jesus is over this sanctuary. It's over your people. We bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. I read this morning about Isaac going back and redigging some of his father's wells. And we have been doing that here. But you know what? He went to go dig one, or his guys did, and there was a fight over it. And that's what's happening here today. There's a fight over digging the well, a new well. Because there's a new well getting ready to come up here. And so... There's a war over the new wells, and we say no. We're going to keep digging new wells over Skytook. There is much to be accomplished here. You guys, there's a lot of you all that are new wells to be dug. God, God's got new things for you. You're a well wherever you're planted, and there's a resistance and something wanting to hold you back. We say no to that resistance in Jesus' name. New wells, new wells, new vision over your life. Lord, we need vision for ascension. How to reach the community, how to reach the lost. Lord, we need new, new vision to be able to dig new wells. I'm not satisfied with this building. We need a building about ten times bigger than this. Lord, we need to take over Skytook. I'm tired of the pot shops taking us over. We're going to take over Skytook. They don't need pot. They need you. Lord Jesus, go to them. Draw them into this place. You are drawing people into this place. Thank you, God. Keep praying. Come on. Come on. Lord, we bless you. Your name is high. You deserve to hear our praise this morning and hear our prayers. We want to give that to you. Lord speaking, what's he saying to you? Whitney, what you hearing? Mariah, come on, girls, guys. Erica, I knew somebody. We've dropped our shield. And the Lord's saying, pick it up. So I ask that you guys right now prophetically just pick up your shield. He wants to pick oil it, it so that the flames, Amen. the darts of the enemy will just slide off. Hallelujah. So, Lord, I thank you for that. Lord, I thank you yes. that we're picking up our shield, Lord, and that yes. you're anointing it with your presence. And that, Lord, that we're going to go forth in battle. Lord, Amen. that it will slide off in Jesus' name. Amen. Mariah has something. I just keep hearing which it's been battling with me, but I just tell darkness to go in Jesus' name. I was in a situation at work yesterday with an employee, and it's really just wanted just to hang over me. I just tell darkness to go in Jesus' name. It's not going to stay. And if anybody's battling with that, just tell it to go in Jesus' name. It's not going to rule the reign or operate in this service in Jesus' name. And Amen. Lord, I just pray, Lord, just your ultimate peace, Lord, just shower over this place in Jesus' name. Lord, you're here. Lord, you're um you're the ultimate. And Lord, yes. you you are the Prince of Peace. Lord, you're mighty. Yes. You're strong. Yes, you are. That's how it goes. When we it's not it's it. not going to overtake me in Jesus no. name. I tell it to go to the pit of hell where it belongs in Jesus Amen. name. Amen. 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 
just thank you, Lord. Amen. Let not your heart be troubled. Amen. Amen. Let not your heart be troubled. Lord, just be over Mariah. She's ministering to a lot of people over there. Amen. I just said a couple verses. Leviticus 26, 6. I shall also grant peace in the land so that you may lie down with no one making you tremble. I shall also eliminate harmful beasts from the land, and no sword will pass through your land, but you will chase your enemies, and they will fall before you by the sword. Five of you will chase a hundred, and a hundred of you will chase ten thousand, and your enemies will fall before you yes. by the sword. Amen. Whitney, you got anything? Okay. She's well, come on, ushers. We're just gonna Pastor I, I, Gerald's I got a word got, Henry's for got something. Okay. Come on, Henry. Amen. He wants to invade our speech. Yes. Yes. Invade our actions. Our most of all, our time. Yes, he does. Invade us. He might conquer everything a part of us that is not part of him. In such a time as that, there will be the strength, the unity, the power to overcome the evil forces that have targeted this city, this county, this area. Amen. Yes. That we would invade this area with. Amen. 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 Listen to Beverly. The Lord just kept saying this to me. Who can enter my presence? He who has a clean heart and clean yes. hands. Amen. And so what was coming to me was repentance. Yes. You know, even, you know, I think of things that I could repent of right now. So we can't enter his presence <laughs> unless we have a clean heart. Amen. And that means forgiveness and repentance. Amen. 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 I want to read you a word out of this word for the day here in a minute. If you're not reading this little magazine, you're missing some things. On the 24th, it talked about generosity. Kyle, put that verse up for me, please. Okay. Say give. give. Now, do we believe that or not? It will be given to you. They will pour in your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over for by your standard of measure, it'll be measured to you in return. <clears throat> a couple of weeks ago, three friends of mine, and I didn't ask them, they're not in our church. Sowed $6,700, no, $5,700 into the church. Because they have a connection here. And I know <clears throat> you've been here and you've sowed, but this says, your gift will return to you pressed down, shaken together, Making room for more. Yeah, I know you've heard that. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. 
Now here, others don't determine what you receive. Even God doesn't. It says you do. As you measure, He measures. God doesn't even do that for you. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. You're never more like God than when you give. I want to get my bill full out so I don't forget that check. You can never surprise Him at giving. Listen, Dixie and I attest to the truth in this. Now, come on. I'm not finished, but she's not. Well, uh, I just want to add to the story he said about the money that was given. A few days before that, he was asking the Lord that we need some more funds in our church. So there's more to it. Ask, and you'll receive. So I just wanted to give you the rest of the story. And it was a surprise to us, too, because these people hadn't been in this church. And one of them came in the mail, and the other two, he went into a coffee shop or something, and they handed him something. The other one was a friend, called him and said, come out, I got some money for your church. So he can do it however he wants to. Amen. You know, the thing Sandy's talking about here, Change isn't easy. Whether it's praying in church, out loud. Change is hard. I've got wild cats at the barn, never been touched. And I can feed them and they'll gather around. But you know, I moved the place where they eat and it has wrecked them. I mean, they don't like change. I just moved it about halfway down and put it in another place. You thought I'd turn the barn over. We don't like change. It stretches us. There, there's one now that's getting faithful. They'll even come in there. She even came in there where I was yesterday. And before, they'd just be right around there wanting to eat. Uh, when we get hungry, we'll gather around, won't we? We'll gather around. Speaking of getting hungry, men, tomorrow night, we got a men's meeting. Griffins has furnished the meat, and Angie and Rob are cooking hamburgers, and I don't know what else, and Kay, I understand, making a dessert, and there's a word coming. Hey, and we had some more change. We had some ladies come about wrecked our prayer meeting. It was good. The hominy ladies come, three ladies. But before they left, this one began to talk about men leading. And I told her we was going to have this meeting. She said, I'm going to see if we can't get our men to come. So, 6.30 tomorrow night. Now, that verse is still true. You determine. You determine. As you believe, so shall it be done unto you. And I, I think back about when we first really got that revelation. 
I think about being at uh, Eastwood Baptist Church in Manly preaching, and the Lord had me put in, I don't know, $1,400, which was a lot of money and whatever that was. You know, He'll stretch you. But it's Him. Lord, we've come to bring You our tithes and offerings. And Lord, You direct us. And Lord, we say we believe Your Word. And I know You're testing us. You're testing us in learning how to get into Your presence. But we say yes to You. And we bring our offerings to You this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Bring your offerings and greet someone this morning. The Spirit of the Lord is moving through the place. Reach out and touch Him when you can. Touch Him while you can. Well, are you ready for the Word? Two. Anybody else? Come on. It's yay and amen. It's amen or oh me. Tommy, come let me. Tommy's going to preach this morning. Lord, we call forth what you have.
for this house today. We, have, we call forth what you have over this region today. Wreck us. Wreck him. Open your heart to hear what Jesus has to say this morning. Lord, we thank you now. And I bless Tommy in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen and thank you. Thank you, thank you. I do believe that, uh, I mean, God is doing so many crazy things to me, but it's a short period of time. I truly believe that. And with the thing, you need this? No. <laughs> But, you know, we, that song we were singing about being in His presence. You know, we're supposed to stay there 24-7. Amen? Amen. Uh, but we go through life, and every day life just wants to knock our legs out. Something happens. This happens. The kids did something. Like Angie said, your partner beside you might have done something five minutes before you walked in the door. Or yesterday, you might have been arguing with something or a change in your life that you're not comfortable with. Amen? Amen. We go through it, don't we? And we can come into church and we get to church. We go, I can't wait to get to church. That's good music. Well, preaching was good. I should have went up front. But, you know, I'll just, I'll do it next time. Are you sure? You're conditioning yourself for the next time. Amen? You are conditioning yourself. By sitting where you are and not making a move when God calls you. Hello. Yeah. Amen. We sit back and say, oh, that was good for them. What about you? What about the things that God is revealing in your life? Look, there's nobody in here that's a bad person. But we all have things. How many of us have tried? For, I'm almost 47. There's things in my life I've tried to overcome for about 47 years. Amen? I'm the only one. Rob, me and Rob, brother, we're going to get it whipped though, ain't we? Huh? Why do we continue to do that, but yet we want to press into God and we want a deeper relationship with God when we are holding ourselves back? Amen? We want the things of the Spirit. Amen? We want to see the prophecies. We want to see the healings. We want to see all the miracles. We want to see the demons cast out. Then step up there and start with you. Come on. Look, God right now is calling us to a higher level supernaturally than what we've ever seen, what the church has ever seen. He's calling us to places where people are going to go, I don't know about that. Well, you better because we serve a supernatural God that lives within us. Amen. The Bible clearly says it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives within me. Then He's in control of you. And if He's not, you better get out of the way. Hello? Right? I, I want to read this to you, and Mariah, this kind of goes along with what you were saying. It's Isaiah chapter 60. <laughs> and I believe this is a word for today. It says, Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has, has risen upon you. For behold, and I believe we're here, a darkness will cover the earth, a deep darkness the people, but the Lord will rise upon you. And His glory will appear upon you. And nations will come to your light and kings, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes. See round about. 
Lift up your eyes round about and see they all gather together. They come to you, your sons and your daughters from afar. and Your sons will come from afar and your daughters will be carried in their arms. Then you will see and be radiant and your heart will thrill and rejoice because the abundance of the sea will be turned to you. The wealth of the nations will come to you. Amen. But see, we've got to understand, we serve, does everybody in here know you serve a supernatural God? If we serve a supernatural God, we can't be looking for things in the flesh to satisfy our godly needs. Amen? But yet we do. We, we look for it in sex. We look for it in drugs. We look for it in alcohol. We look for it in friendships with people that we shouldn't be tied together with. That whole alignment thing. That is very serious. Y'all ever watch football and you got the linebacker and he's back there and they're running the ball and if he just runs straight for where that guy is, he's going to miss him by a mile, isn't he? But see, we've got to hit that angle. We've got to catch up to what God's doing. We've got to enter into the game. Amen? We are not called to sit on a church pew and just listen every day. Come on. We are stepping into a new. God has called each and every one. He's called you, brother. He's called you to do more than what you've ever thought you could do before. Amen? We have got to enter in. We have got to realize that no matter what comes our way, that we stand firm on that foundation, that first love like we were talking about today. You know, there's that song, I'm coming back to the heart of worship. Because it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. He is the captain. He is the king. He is the coach of this deal. We've got to listen to what he's saying and enter in Quit sitting on the bench. You're not called to be the water boy. You're not called to be a cheerleader. You're called to enter in, but you have to know the play. Coach isn't going to send you in and say, we're going, I don't even know a football play, but we're not going to run this thing where you run up the middle and go score a touchdown with you facing the other way going, where's the ball? Study to show yourself approved. Be involved. Put me in, coach. But see, you want the coach to know your name, correct? Amen. You don't even look and go, hey, number... Hey, you. hey, two. Come here, two. Right? Zero. Yeah, come on, zero, lead us. No, man, step up. Be who God's called you to be. And I know, look, I could point you out in here this morning. You're going, well, I don't know. I don't know if that's me. It's you. I don't know what He has for you. I don't know what the calling is on your life. But if you'll get in His presence like we were singing about this morning and stay in His presence. Look, we've all got jobs. We've all got things to do. We all get busy. But why can't you worship God while you're doing your job? Why can't you represent Jesus Christ at your job? You're supposed to be the pastor, the evangelist, the whatever at your job. The prophet, the healer, the all these things. That's supposed to be you at your job. It's not easy all the time, but if you'll just kind of kick that door in a little bit, I promise you it gets easier. The first step is always the toughest, right? As you feel it, look, I've started a new thing, and, and you know what? Being who I am, I didn't hold back. I'm not going to hold back. I know what happens if I hold back. See, then I start fitting in with the crowd, you know, and it gets easier. I'm just doing a new thing and it's okay. I'll eventually get there and I'll eventually do what God's put me here to do. No, you won't. <laughs> or you might, but it'll be the struggle of all struggles to ever break through to that deal, 
to be the man God's called you to be or the woman God's called you to be. Amen? Amen. So why not when you show up, just show up guns a-blazing wearing that shirt saying, I am the one who Jesus called me to be. I am that person. Amen? Amen? It's not tough. But to stay in His presence, it's possible we must do it. We've got to try. We've got The Bible says, be holy as I am holy. How many of us are there? Hey, I'm confessing it right now. I am that holy guy that God's called me to be. Now, if you watch me a lot of times, you'll see areas in my life that I need to look more like Jesus. But, as this old saying we say at our house, never say woe in a mud hole. Floor it. Get out of that sucker. Don't sit there. If you stop and look at your surroundings, they're going to overtake you. Punch on through that thing and get out. Get free to be who God's called you to be. You're in the right place to do that. Amen. Amen. We all Look, it's not, there's nothing up here that's for show. There's nothing like this. What God's wanting to do is set His people free to be who He has called them to be. I mean free. You might be sitting there going, I'm, I'm pretty confident in who I am. But are you free? Are you free to step into the greater supernatural things that God has for you? Are you free enough to hear what God is saying in all these things? Or do you sit back going, eh, I don't know about that. Well, you probably never will. God's doing it. It's, it's like Angie said, God's the same. He'll never change, but He is doing a new thing that we better pay attention to. Amen. But it's all about trusting Him, not bowing down, not doing any of these things. Let's go to Daniel. <laughs> Excuse me. Daniel chapter 3, verse 8. We're going to talk about, this is about Nebuchadnezzar and, and, you know, he was a big shot. He was a king of all this wealth, all these places. He was the big dude back then. And he built this thing and he says, for this, in Daniel chapter 3 verse 8, he says, For this reason, that, for this reason at that time certain shaladins came forward and brought charges against these Jews. And what had happened previously, he built this image and he said, when you hear all this music, and all the people of the lands hear this. If they don't bow down and worship this image, I want them cast into this fire. Okay? They've got time. They can hear the music. And these guys came back and they said, Hey, there's three of these guys that are not doing what you said to do. He said, Well, bring them to me. He said, Nebuchadnezzar at that time, <clears throat> he, or they, for this reason, at that time certain challenges came forward and brought charges against the Jews. They responded and said to Nebuchadnezzar the king, O king, live forever. You yourself, O king, have made a decree that every man, <clears throat> that every man who hears the sound of the horn, flute, lyre, trigon, psaltery, and bagpipe, and all kinds of music is to fall down and worship the golden image. But whoever does not fall down and worship that shall be cast in the midst of the furnace of blazing fire. There are certain Jews named Shat, there are certain Jews whom you have appointed over the administration of the province of Babylon, namely Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have disregarded you. They do not serve your gods, those no gods that we learned about, or worship the golden image which, is, which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and anger, gave orders to bring those boys to him. Nebuchadnezzar responded and said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I have set up? Now if you're ready at the moment, 
you hear the sound of all these instruments, I expect you to lay down or worship these, these images. And if you don't, I'm going to cast you into this midst of burning fire. This is the, my favorite thing that, in this story. These boys skipped down to verse 16, and, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to give you an answer concerning this. Amen? He said, we don't even need to talk about this. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the furnace of burning fire. Now listen, and He will. Amen? And He will. But, even if He does... But even if he does not, let it be known to you, O king, that we are not going to serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Now, like I was talking about earlier, how easy is it for us to just fall in with the crowd and go, you know, what? Well, this is hard, but I can still kind of be that person just in a different way and I can just flow with the group and it's easier that way and I'll still go to church on Sundays and Wednesdays. I might go to that men's meeting on Monday. That sounds like a good deal and they're going to feed us hamburgers so I can go to church and everything will be okay. But then the rest of the time, boy, it's a struggle because it's just so much easier to join the crowd. Look, those boys, they said, we're not going to bow down. Our God is able, but even if He doesn't, we will never serve you. I mean, come on. He said He is able and He will deliver us. But even if He doesn't, there's some people sitting out there right now that you're at that time in your life, you're going, I really need a touch from God. But you know, I'm just stuck in this, this old, call it religion, call it your own self, call it whatever you might want to. I think that stuff's great to watch Tommy and everybody else go through it. But I'm not going to give that a shot. I don't think it's really real. Won't you come give it a try? You put your faith in everything else. We do, don't we? We put our faith in everything else. We can put our faith in our spouses. We can put our faith in our job. We can put our faith in what we think is our bank account and it's really doing good. We have faith in all these things that every little bit of that thing that you have faith about could go away right now. And then where are you at? You need to have faith in the one that gave you that spouse and realize what he or she is for. You need to have faith in the God that gave you the opportunity to have that job that you've got. And no matter what it looks like or how bad it gets, I'm not going to fall. I'm not going to waver. I, like they said, he's able to deliver me. But if he doesn't, I'm still not going to bow down. I'm still going to be who God's called me to be. I'm going to press on with him and have faith and trust in what God says. Amen. Not man. Amen? Amen. <laughs> we know the story. It made Nebuchadnezzar real mad. And he told them guys, his, his big old warriors or guards, whatever they were, he said, come get these guys. Bind them up, tie their hands, turn that furnace up seven times hotter. We're going to show them. They carried him up there and they threw it. As they were throwing him in, it, it says that the guys that carried him got burned up. And Nebuchadnezzar, he looks in there and he goes, didn't we throw three of them in? And his little puppets, they said, oh, certainly, king, we did. There's three of them. He said, why do I see four of them moving around and loosed? 
and one of them looks like the Son of Man. Right there where they thought, this is it, we got them. And those boys never turned their back on God. They never wavered their faith. See, that was something to me that is so supernatural. I mean, come on. When you mean something so terrible to kill these three boys, and you know we turned that thing seven times harder. It melted the bones off of them other guys as they were carrying them up there, and they threw them in. I'm sure at first they went, ah! This ain't that bad. Right? Not that hot in here. Jesus is with us. Now imagine what that king thought. I can tell you what it thought, because the next of us says, get them out of there. And they come out, not a hair of their head was scorched, no smell of smoke, no nothing. And pretty much what he said is, I'm going to worship the God you worship. I'm going to change everything that I had made. This golden image is coming down. And now if they hear these sounds, they better start worshiping the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. See, something so supernatural, and all they did was have faith in God and said, we're not going to, be, we're not going to bow down. Our God will deliver us, but even if He doesn't, I'm still not going to bow down. How many of us can cave to that? And we do so often. And something that's not even that serious, nobody's going to come after you at your job and try to throw you in a blazing fire. I hope they don't. But how many of us could stand, and I mean stand at the time something that traumatic would happen in our lives, or even the little things that happen in our life that we're so quick to fold up on? Do we want the supernatural? Do we want to move in that? Do we want to thrive in that? Do we want our church to move in that? Do we want our city, our state, our nation to move in that? We do, church. We do want that. In order to do that, we're going to have to do certain things that are a little bit different than what we've always done. We're going to have to step up and say, you know what, God, it's you. And now we want the Holy Spirit to come in here in this place Wreck us, wipe us out, completely lay us across this floor, do whatever you want to do. Let us see the signs and wonders. Let us be part of those things. Let us be those ones that he says, these signs shall follow those who believe. They'll lay hands on the sick, they'll cast out demons, they'll prophesy, they'll do all these things. Look, that wasn't a suggestion. Amen? That's not a, well, if you want to. He says, these signs shall follow those who believe. Shall follow, that means you've already done it and you're still doing it as you go. These signs shall follow those who believe. Do you believe? Raise your hands if you believe. Sit, look, we already talked about this. You come to church, you sit here like this. Do you want something different? Do you want the things you've been crying out for? then no matter what, even if God doesn't deliver you, you're still not going to turn your back. But I got scriptures that say He already has. Amen. We just have to step into that and go through it. Right. Amen? Amen? The gifts are there, but we don't want to touch them. Because that might do something. That might change me, Rob. That might make me walk a little bit different. And then nobody will look at me the same. Great! You know, I don't want to be looked at like I've always been looked at. I don't want to be known as that guy because I'm not that guy. I want to be known as a radical, wild child of God who flows in the Spirit and things do follow Him as He goes. That as He goes, that presence that we sang about, 
Look, in Matthew 7, 17, or 2, I don't remember, 7, 17 through 23, I believe is what it is. It talks about Jesus was preaching at this house. And there were all these, these higher-ups come to hear Him preach. And these people were bringing their buddy over there, and they knew if they could just get in the presence of God, just to get in the presence... And they got there and there was a line at the door. There was no more room in there. And these guys, like I said, they were supposed to be some big shots. So they weren't going to get out of the way for this cat. So they said, let's take him up on the roof. We'll tear the tiles off, lower him down in there. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and then came a roofer. <clears throat> are you willing to do whatever it takes to get into the presence of God? Or are you just going to sit back and do what you've always done and say, well, glory to God, my life's good enough. You have no idea what God has for you if you truly think that. No idea. As good as your life might be, I, ch- I dare to think anybody in here doesn't want better. I want everything that God has for me. I want it all and I want it now. He says He's given us everything that pertains to life and godliness and I'm ready to start moving in that. Ooh, why can't we have it? You know, sitting there this morning through that praise and worship, my hands got hot. And they went to tingling, and they do that every now and then, and, and I know that God's getting ready to do something amazing. And I start hearing things, and a lot of it comes a million miles an hour in my head, and, and I try to write it down, and I try to listen, and I just say, God, you know what? If, it's, if you want me to remember this, tell me again. You know, and He will. <laughs> he will. But when you get in the presence of God, did everybody feel the presence of the Holy Spirit this morning? Don't you want that? We can have that. Like I said, 24-7, we can walk in that. We're supposed to. But back to what I was saying, these signs should follow those who believe. All you have to do is believe. Just believe. That's what the Word says. These signs shall follow those who believe. I'm ready to start seeing that. Amen. I'm ready for front page of Sky 2, whatever it's called, journal or whatever, to say, crazy ascension church. People lined up, no room inside there. They cut a hole in the roof to get people down in there just to get in the presence of God. Like Angie said, we have a roofer. He can fit. <laughs> Over there. Of the side, okay. <laughs> I'm ready to see these things. And we are. We are seeing them. Paul and Silas, you know, when they were preaching and they were doing all these things and they, they come to them and they cornered them up in Acts and it says that they took them and they threw them into the innermost part of the prison. Which what I've been told is the worst part. The most horrible part of the prison. Why would they do that? Because these guys were, they were Christians. They were followers of Christ. They were doing these things. And it says that they were sitting there and they were praying and they were singing worship songs and they were entering into the presence of God. Amen. They weren't just singing a song to feel good. They were stepping into the presence of God. And it said once this happened that suddenly... Like we heard on that song earlier today that the prisons were shaking and all that stuff. It says suddenly. We all need some suddenlies in our life. 
And this morning we can step into those suddenlies. I'm telling you this. But it says suddenly the walls began to shake and the, the doors of the, the prison were open and they were... Uh, the jailer was scared to death. Absolutely freaked him out. Let me read some of this to you. It's in Acts chapter 16, verse 22. Yeah. It says that the crowd rose together against him and the chief magistrates tore their robes off them and proceeded to order them to be beaten with rods. And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into the prison, commanding the jail guard, the jailer, to guard them securely. And having received such a command, he threw, he threw them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. But about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God. And the prisoners were listening to them, and suddenly, everybody say suddenly, there came a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison house were shaking and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were unfastened. Now we need that in our life. See, we always read that story and it says that, well, let me go on real quick. And all their chains were unfastened and when the jailer had been roused out of his sleep and had seen the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul, but Paul cried out with a loud voice saying, Do yourself no harm, for we are all here. Nobody's left. And he called for the lights and rushed in trembling with fear. He fell down before Paul and Silas. And after he brought them out, he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? So my question to you, they tried to put these guys in prison and as they sat there, they didn't miss a beat. They were praying. They were singing psalms. They knew, just like those three boys knew, that God would deliver them out of that because of His promises. Amen. Amen? Now, I ask you this. Who was truly in prison in this story? You think about that. He had done his job. It said he drew his sword. He's getting ready to kill himself because he knows how much trouble he's getting ready to be in. He is really messed up. He fell asleep at the watch and now all this stuff took place and he's freaking out and he cries out and he says, what must I do to be saved? You know what their answer was? Believe. Just believe. But we make it so hard, don't we? He, Paul and Silas said to this guy, just believe and you'll be saved. And it says that even his whole household was saved. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in there, they believed. When Daniel was in the lion's den, he believed. When I've gone through things in my life after I gave my life to God, and there's times that I have fought and just wallowed in self-pity and just junk, but at the end of the day, I believed. I don't think, and I can't remember a single time that I have let the day go or my head fall down on that pillow and go to sleep that I haven't returned to God and say, Lord, I believe in everything that your word says. Now, I might go through the majority of the day just going through the day and doing things that, you know, aren't right, that I know aren't right, saying things that I know I shouldn't have said, acting ways that I know I shouldn't have acted. But at the end of the day, I return to the cross. Now, I'm not saying that's a good habit to get into. Because it's not. But I can tell you in the last several months, God has done a great thing in my family. 
We were part of a really good thing. But it was time to go. And God laid it all out in front of us. We had to go. I had to go for me. And I knew that. I knew that it was time. But see, I've done a lot of things in life where I've just blowed out and gone and it was a wreck. But to be still and wait upon the Lord is the perfect plan, even though it's hard at times. Amen? Amen. You know what He's got for you, but we've got to believe. We've got to step up, just like these stories that we've read today. They said, what must I do to be saved? And He said, believe. Just believe. How does the Bible tell us that we're to be saved? Believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. But the first one is what? Believe. These signs shall follow those who what? We want all these things. We've been crying out for them. We've seen manifestations of it right here. We've seen great and glorious things. We've heard the prophetic word. We know that we're in a season that's not going to look like anything else we've ever seen. I'm telling you, you better turn your prophetic ear on and start listening to the things that God has to say because you're going to start being in the middle of things you've never been in before. You're going to see things in this nation that you've never seen before. I truly believe this, that we're at a time, just like the Lord spoke to me probably close to a year now, we're laying in bed and He said, I want you to repent, turn from all your evil ways, for I am coming back. This is not the end, but the beginning. Go check Scripture out, and I believe what He spoke to me was a true word. I think that's right where we're at. I think that we are in that great awakening where God has shaken things to where we're seeing them so exposed right now like they've never been. We're seeing things in our government. We're to pray for our government. You know, God, He talks a lot about government in that Word. A lot. You know what our duty is? Pray for Him. Believe. Amen? But I'm telling you, God's also exposing the things that we need to see what's going on in our nation. And we better be solid and listening to God and moving in His presence. We need His presence. We need to be doing these things. It's our calling as Christians. He doesn't say, the pastor shall lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. The evangelist will, the prophet will. He says, these signs shall follow those who believe. Amen. It's the job of the pastor, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist to bring the word forward, to get you charged up, to understand what God is doing. But it's your job to take that step. Look, anybody in here ever play football, baseball, any sports like that? Everybody in here? Anybody ever start? Or were they on the bench? You were on the bench, Alan? <laughs> you started on the bench, right? <laughs> Look, there ain't no bench anymore. Everybody's in the game. But you've got to submit to the coach. You can't go out there like we were talking, feral cats. Y'all ever tried to, I remember the cats out there at the barn. And dead blame, I think I tried to grab one, it was like a knife fight now. And you can't get shed of them once you've got a hold of one. They'll be on you quicker than anything. But we are like that at times, aren't we? We're feral cats that things have changed and we're all going through change right now as Christians and we see these things, but we don't like them. We don't want to face them. We don't want to deal with them. So we scatter because somebody's moved our food bowl and it don't look the same, don't taste the same. You better enter in. You better find where the master's put that bowl and submit 
you better go before Him and say, Lord, I know all my fears and failures, and I know what I've said, I know what I've done, but God, I'm here on bended knee. I submit my life to You. When you do that, you'll submit to your life to the authority around you too. And let me tell you, that's the only way to enter the game. There is no bench. There's no second string. There's no any of this. These signs shall follow those who believe. How many of y'all want to cast out the demons, heal the sick, lay hands on, do all this stuff? How many of y'all know that should be a common occurrence in our lives? I believe this. I believe we are right there at it being a common occurrence in our life because now we are talking about it. We're bringing life to it. We're not just skipping over it in the Bible. We're seeing it and we're going, this is us. This is what we're supposed to do. This is what we have to do as Christians because it's a calling that God has put on all of our lives. Amen? It's like those boys said, you know, I'm one of those guys that, well, I don't know, God, if you want to do that, you'll do it. No, He's going to do it. But do you want to be a part of it? I'm in. I'm in the game. But you've got to go through, you know, that Wednesday night I talked about this, you've got to go through the practices, and a lot of times the practices are the hardest spots because that reveals to you the weak areas in your life that you're not ready to step into the game with. Ouch. Right? See, we don't like to see that. It's easier to go, well, Rob, I don't know about Rob. Well, I'm ready. Are you? What'd you just do? Are you really ready to step into the game? If you are, you'll start seeing yourself how God sees you. Amen? How are you going to know how God sees you? You've got to get in that Word. You've got to know what that Word says about you. You've got to show up and be a part so the Holy Spirit can start speaking to you. Amen? You have got to, listen, that word worship, prayer, praise, you've got to be involved in that at home and at church, driving down the road. I was driving down the road one time, this was years ago, it was like that first salvation thing. And I remember driving down the road and I was just saying, Lord, I just want to see you. I want to see you. I was so in love with him. I was so everything. That honeymoon was the greatest honeymoon ever and, and it lasted for a long time. And I, I was just in that presence and when I'd get up in the morning, I'd open my Bible and I'd take it and I'd read it. Sometimes going down the road, I'd have it over here and I'd look. And I just, honestly, I couldn't get enough of it. I'd read it at lunch, at break time whatever we might be doing. I was going from job to job one day, driving down 244, and I said, Lord, I just want to see you. I just want to see you, Lord. And I mean like that. He took me up into the heavenlies is all I can tell you. And it was above the clouds we were just flying. I didn't see the person of Jesus. I didn't see God. But I saw the most glorious thing I've ever seen in my life. And, and it felt like I was there forever. As I'm driving down the road, kind of freaky, but it truly happened. And when I opened my eyes, I had the biggest peace that I've ever had, and I've never forgotten that. I said, Lord, I want to see you, but I meant it. I meant what I said. It wasn't just lip service. See, I, wanted a, I had a head knowledge of who God was, but I wanted a heart knowledge. I wanted to fill these empty spots in my life. And He has stepped in there, and He has done that. Now look, that was 20 years ago. And now here, just a few weeks ago, I've, I'm free. I am free to be who God's called me to be. I don't carry the weight of shame. I don't carry all these things. And I'm like those guys. It doesn't matter what happens in my life. God is able to deliver me, and He will. But even if He doesn't, I'm not going to back down. 
I'm going to stand for what He's called me to do. I'm going to be the man He's called me to be. I'm going to submit to the authority where He's called me to submit to because I want to be in right standing with Him. When the Holy Spirit comes through, I don't want Him to pass me by. I want to be standing there. I want to feel Him. I want to move in Him. I want to function. I want to see this place full of people that are willing and hungry to do the things that God's called them to do. I want to see the miracles. I want to see the deliverance. I want to see the signs. I want to hear the prophetic words. I want to see all these things. There's one way to do that. And that's to step up and say, put me in, coach. But see, practice doesn't just happen at the church. Practice happens when you're at home. Practice happens when no one can see what you're doing. Practice happens when there's nobody there to cheer you on and you don't have the coach there. you got the coach here, but you ain't got the coach just saying, come on, press in, church. Come on, we got things. We're going to break through this this morning. No, guess what? It's you and God. And that's when the rubber meets the road. Are you going to put your money where your mouth is? Are you going to step up and be that person that you've been crying out and wanting to be? Or are you going to sit back and go, well, Wednesday's coming. I'll get my church fixed then. I'll be good for a day or two. And then, hey, guess what? Sunday's right around the corner. And three days after Sunday's Wednesday. God's got it set up perfect. Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday. I'm good. I'm not pointing fingers except for here. I've lived that. That's miserable. You got two of the biggest things in the world fighting right inside of you, trying to kill. One of them's trying to kill you, trying to absolutely kill you. And if you're only spending two days a week with the Savior, which one do you think's winning? I'll tell you which one's winning. Because those two days a week that you're sitting in church, you open your Bible when the pastor puts a scripture up there. You sing three or four or five songs of worship while they're up there playing. And you get Angie coming up here saying, Come on, church. Rise up. Press in. But you don't have that at home. Right? It's a commitment. What's the Bible say? Commit your ways to the Lord and He will establish you. Commit your ways to the Lord. But you've got to step up and say, God, I don't care. You, you, you will deliver me. I know you will. But even if you don't, I'm not going to bow down. I'm going to stand there in the face. I, I was listening to some music. I always listen to worship music. And Erica, i got to run her out of the bathroom so I can get ready. And she's watching some church thing this morning. I said, you got to go so I can listen to my music. you got to get out of the way. And... It goes back to that. It's all about you, God. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. Worship's not just a church thing either. See, we get, we get so used to getting our church fix. You are the church. You are the church. This is a building that we come together where iron sharpens iron and we can learn. We can do all the great things that we're supposed to do. But you are the church, and you have to start seeing yourself that way. I truly believe that we cannot be empowered and, and be who God called us to be until we start seeing ourselves how God sees us. 
I mean, we've got, now think about that for a second, because we, oh yeah, I see myself, how God sees us, that's always great, and you know, think about that for a second. How does God see you? Does He see you through your sin? Does He see you in the tough times of your life? Does He hold those against you? Does He look at you and go, well, man, I knew you wasn't going to make it today. Is that how He is? That's how we are to ourselves, Correct. We do that. We heap a bunch of curses on ourselves that aren't meant for us, that don't fit us in any way. He sees us. Look, we're joint heirs to the throne. Amen. Amen. Now, if we're joint heirs, an heir can't be an heir unless he's a son or a daughter. Right? Can't be. I got three heirs right there to my throne. It's not much of a throne, but it's theirs. They're my kids. They are joint heirs to what I have. We are joint heirs with Jesus. Come on. Hello. Joint heirs with Jesus. We have been adopted into the sonship of Christ with Christ. Amen. That's pretty good news. Y'all are pretty weak on that deal. <laughs> In Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, it says, For He delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. We have these things. They're ours. In whom we have the redemption, the forgiveness of sins, and He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by Him all things were created, both in heavens and on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authority, all things have been created by Him and for Him. Shoo we we don't like to hear that, do we? And He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. He is also the head of the body of the church, and He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that He Himself might come to have first place in everything. Not in some things, first place in everything. That means first place in your morning, the first place in your evening, with your children, with your everything. He is first, no matter what. If you're going to work in a steel shop, when you get there, you pray, Lord, today's all about you. I choose you today, Father God. You, Lord, use me as that ambassador that your word says I am in this place. I'm telling you people, we don't walk in the power because we won't activate the power that we walk in. Amen? We see others doing it and going, that's great. You are a joint heir to the throne with Jesus, you have all that you need that pertains to life and godliness. Amen? Well, a lot of y'all don't believe this. And it's sad. It is. It's sad that we don't see ourselves how God sees us. It's terrible. We look back and go, well, all I want is just a peaceful life. Nobody mess with me. I don't want any problems. I don't want this, that, or the other. How about you wanting everything that God has for you? Huh? How about you step, get a little excitement in your life and be happy, rejoice that the King of Kings has, He died for you. He dwells in you. His word says, if you abide in me, and I, if you abide in me and I in you, I will make my dwelling place. Amen? For it, is the Father's, it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in Him and through Him to reconcile all things to Himself, having made peace through the blood of His cross, through Him, I say, whether things on earth or things in heaven, and although you were formerly alienated, 
back in the past and hostile in mind, engaged in evil deals. He's saying, formerly, that's not you anymore. Stop walking the same way you used to walk. Stop putting the same things on that you used to put on that made you so miserable, that made others miserable around you. Put on the new garment. Put on the new you. Be that man that God's called you to be, that woman that God's called you to be. And we need empowered women in the church. Amen? We need women to step up and be who God has called them to be. And listen, we can, us hard-headed men will listen to you. And we want... <laughs> Amen? Now listen here, this is the best part of this scripture to me. And although you're formerly alienated and hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds, yet He has now reconciled you in His fleshly body through death in order to present you before Him holy, blameless, beyond reproach. That's how God sees you. If you've given your life to God, He doesn't drop down a scroll and go, Shoo, Tommy, you did a lot of horrible things. He drops that deal and he goes, hey man, you're a son of God. Your sins are forgiven. I look When he looks at me, he doesn't see my blood. He sees me through the blood of Jesus. Amen. He doesn't look and go, there's sin number 1200 for the day. He says, no, my son paid the price for him. Every drop of blood was for me and for you. Yet now He has reconciled you in His fleshly body through death in order to present you before Him holy, blameless, and beyond reproach. Amen? If indeed you continue in the faith firmly established and steadfast and not moved away from the hope of the gospel that you have heard. See, there's that second part to it. Right? Now look, you're saved, but don't you want all the promises that God has for you? Don't you want to have those things that we've talked about in church this morning and for the last several months that we've been here? Don't you want to have that fullness of Christ? Don't you want to walk into places and just you can feel like Jesus did when they touched the hem of that garment? It's possible. Or when your shadow falls. I mean, this is everybody goes, well, I'm not Jesus. No, but He said you'll do greater things than He did. Amen. See, we don't want to remember those Scriptures. We do, but we don't want to step into them. Right? Because I don't want to be the first. Well, I do. I do. I want those things. I want to do greater than what He did. I want to see people set free. I want to see them healed. I want to see them delivered. I want to see the young ones prophesy. I want to see them lay hands on the sick. I want to see them bringing the Word of God. I want to see these things, and we can, but we have to enter into what God is doing right now. He sees you holy, blameless, and beyond reproach. He doesn't see the sin in your life. He sees you through the blood of Jesus. So I've got one question to ask you. What's your problem? What's your problem? Why? Why not trust Him? You've trusted this man that you've never seen, felt. You've not seen the, the fullness of him. You've not all this stuff, but because you felt led to give your life to this thing you've never seen, you had faith enough to do that and believe it. Amen. You were in a spot in your life, maybe. I know I was. I was in a terrible spot in my life. Now I'll say this. God showed up in my living room and completely changed me. Amen. 
And he did. He showed me things, Henry, that I hadn't seen. This was 20 years ago. And up until five years ago, I never saw what he showed me in that dream. And now it's, I live there. That was 15, 16 years ago. No, I'm sorry, that was 20 years ago, but it was five, six years ago when we turned around and looked and went, wow, this thing has come to pass. But there's more to that, that vision that he showed me that is coming to pass. But it took a while. What's it in, 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 is it Habakkuk where it says, though the vision tarry? Is, is that right? Am I right? Close. <laughs> it's in there. It is written. These things are all free gifts that we are to walk in. They're not suggestions. These are, I call them commandments. It's not one of the ten, but it kind of is. When He tells you to be obedient in all these things, these are commandments. When He tells you that you will lay hands on the sick, you'll see them recover. These are commandments. He's not saying, ah, pick and choose. Do it in church. Where did Jesus do it at? Where did the disciples do it at? As they went in the streets. That's right. Every spoken word, you should look at it as a commandment in your life. You should submit to what He's telling you to do. If you think, well, this is crazy, it's probably God. Amen? Uh, it is. What we're going to start seeing is the crazy. We're going to start experiencing things that we've never experienced before. But we have to be like those three boys and say, look world, I don't care. I don't care how gloomy it looks. God is going to deliver us even if He doesn't. Yet we know He will. But even if He doesn't, I'll not turn my back on you. Amen? We should start, look, when you enter on that team, practice, practice, practice. Right? Everybody wants that starting position, but nobody wants to put in the effort. You put that effort in. Get in your Word. Don't just worship God here on Sundays and Wednesdays. Just imagine how much deeper your worship will be if you've been doing it through the week. And then show up here. Then we won't have to have Angie up here getting on to us. <laughs> She's speaking a word from God. You, you've got to understand that. She's very prophetic. And when she speaks, we better listen. And I took that as the Holy Spirit saying, we better press in. If you want what God has for you this morning through the rest of your week, you better press in because it's not just going to be sitting at your door when you get home. The opposite will be sitting there waiting on you. You know what though? I'm pretty greasy. It ain't going to stick. Huh? I like that. You know, we're warriors. I was thinking about that. Anybody ever watch Rocky? I hate those Rocky movies, but anybody in here ever watch the Rocky? Oh, no. <laughs> Which one is it where Tommy Gunn, Tommy Morrison shows up in that deal? Is it like 15, Rocky 26, one of them? And they go outside, and old Tommy, he says, come on, old man, and he pops him a few times, and Rocky falls down, and Tommy turns around like he's done something, and slowly Rocky crawls back up, and you hear in the background, he said, 
I didn't hear a bell. Huh? I didn't hear a bell. You might have been knocked down your entire life, but that bell ain't rung yet. That bell ain't rung. You still got a purpose. You're still in the fight. You might have got your teeth rattled and your head sore and you're tired, but get up because that bell ain't gone off. And let me tell you, there's a trumpet coming eventually. And why I want to be standing there saying, God, hear my, come on, baby, I'm ready. Amen? Amen. But I'm not going to stay down. I ain't heard no bell. I've got all kinds of excuses to lay there. Right? We've all got all kinds of excuses to lay there and waller and say, oh, it hurts. Yeah, it hurts. Get up. Oh, I don't know if I can. Yes, you can. Get up. Well, you don't know what they did. I don't care what they did. Get up because I know the healer. I know that He can take you from those dark spots in your life and He can completely set you free. And He wants to do that today and every day. But just remember that bell ain't dinged yet. I ain't heard no bell. Get up. Get up. He's able to deliver us, and He will. But if He doesn't, I'm not going to back down. Amen? I'm going to do what it takes. Even if the church house is full, I'm going to do what it takes to get in the presence of God. If you've got to tear the roof off a few places and lower something down, get in there, get in the presence. And the greatest thing about that, to backtrack for just a second, is He comes down there and Jesus looks and says, Your sins are forgiven, partner. And these other guys go, oh, you can't do that. That's blasphemy. And he says, well, what's easier to say your sins are forgiven or get up and walk? But he says, but watch, I'll show you something because I am who I am. Now get up, take your stuff and go on. Amen? He's here today. He's here today to do these very things. Come on, stand up. We've heard the word. You've heard the saying about you going to fish or cut bait. When the music fades, I'm telling you, the Spirit of God's here to liberate you and I from those little things or those big things. We've heard Tommy stand up here and talk about just since he's been back, things he's set him free from. Listen, our hearts get troubled because wounds of the soul that have never been healed. And God wants to heal them today. Come on, Tommy and Erica, they'll help pray. Angie and Rob will pray. Dixie and I will. Are you just going to keep walking through it, trying to get by, or are you going to let Jesus do what He wants to do today? See, there's a son that wants to be free. What about you? What about you? Come on. Just come. Listen, your wife will follow you, men, when you get right. Men, if you get right, she'll follow you. Worship the Lord. If you can't worship the Lord, come come down. Come get a touch from God. 
Thank you. 